Welcome to the Westminster Pulpit, an extension of the worship ministry at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Please contact us for permission before reproducing this message in any format, and may this sermon nurture your life in a meaningful way as we proclaim our Savior. Well, it's my privilege to introduce our our guest preacher tonight, a new friend, a new supporting partner, uh, the Reverend Shabu Uman, who's a PCA pastor and uh, a new Lancaster County resident. He and Mary just moved here in the last year and are establishing a base here for evangelism explosion and doing evangelism leading teams locally that are very active in the Harvest Presbyterian Church nearby and have done a lot of work already in the city and on nearby campuses and doing training regionally. Uh, for churches, for college students, and uh, they're just a real joy uh, uh, to have uh, them in our midst, in our presbytery, and uh, so uh, glad to welcome Shabu to come bring God's Word to us tonight. Good evening. Can you hear me well? Can you understand me well? This is not a usual voice in this church. I bring it different languages and different accent. So you need to give a little bit uh, extra attention when I speak. At first, I thank God for this uh, great opportunity to stand in this pulpit. And also, I thank for the Great Commission and the Mission Committee leaders of this church giving me this uh, great opportunity to share with this wonderful, marvelous Word of God. So I have two things uh, attached to this uh, sermon. I need to tell a little bit uh, of my ministry update, and then sermon. So then uh, I'll take very little time for my introduction. So Dr. Tucker already told what we are doing, why we are here. So that's all we do. We do. We do share gospel. And we teach people how to share gospel. That's all we do. So we do in Lancaster City, where you go, Central Market, FNM College, and recently we started a work in Kutztown University. And also we, two years back, we started a work in Upper Darby, Philadelphia University Street, where we prepared a team to go consistently to that place and share the gospel. I got trained in evangelism 15, uh, 18 years back. But last three years, I have been heavily using it. So each time when I go, I always have fear. But that fear comes from God. I'm not leaning on myself. I'm leaning on His Spirit. I always tell people, there is no secret. People always say, why, when you go, you have conversion stories every week? I tell people, this is not me. This is God. God is working in our midst. The problem is we are not seeing His work because we are not participating. If you look in the Bible, in the, from, from the Genesis to Revelation, when God created man, He He asked man to 
name all the creatures God created. God was asking the partnership from man. So when we come to the Great Commission, Jesus asked his disciples to go and make disciples. So there we see Jesus is asking partnership to take his gospel end of the world. And he gave us urgency as well as a promise. We see that I will be with you. You are not alone. Without me, you cannot do it. So when you go and share your faith to somebody else, not because of your eloquency or because of your apologetic skills, someone is coming to faith. It is because of the way God's Spirit is preparing the regeneration of that person's heart. Ephesians, we read that we all were dead in transgressions. So this is one of the greatest miracles I have ever seen that. A dead soul come to live in Christ. So that's what we do, and um, we have many conversion stories. Uh, maybe two years back, uh, one year back, one winter evening, I was uh, standing in uh, one of the streets of Philadelphia. So here he bundled up a um, 26-year-old woman passing by. And I handed out a Christian tract. She said, I'm a Muslim. I said, no problem. I, I do not have any. I respect your religion. Uh, then I introduced, I'm a Christian. I'm also a pastor. And uh, um, she introduced her name. Her name is Fatima. She lives in uh, South Philly. She comes from an uh, uh, African Mus- Muslim background. And uh, she speaks very good English. And uh, then I asked her, do you speak Arabic? No. Then I said, uh, as a Christian, I have um, two questions to ask you. Yeah, please. And then she was so uh, gentle, polite. And then I, I said to her, if I die today, I have the assurance I can stand before God boldly and face my guilt and shame. Through my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is a prophet in your book, but he is not a prophet, he is a Savior. But then I ask you, Fatima, what about you? If you die today, how would you stand before God with your guilt and shame? She said, This is very interesting. First time someone is asking these questions to me. And then she was in a hurry, but then she was. Uh, uh, you know, the eyes melt, and she was so cool with me, and she gave me. Then I, then I told her, that, can I share with the, the hope what I have in you, you within maybe 10 minutes? She said, please go ahead. That conversation went uh, for 25 minutes. What then? At the, uh, at the end, I asked her, does this make any sense to you? Yeah. Then I ask her, would you like to receive this assurance in your life? I thought she was just kidding. She said, yes. Then I looked at her and I asked her, secondly, would you like to receive the assurance of eternal life tonight? Yes, please. 
I, before I, I, I told here, you know, this is uh, according to your book, you believe that one day you, you need to answer all of your actions before God. And she said, that is true. We believe that. But then uh, we do not know how. And then I, at the end, she made a profession of faith. She received Gospel of John in Arabic, and she gave her number to me, and I called her. Then I connected her to one of my other friends. So this is one of the stories. So I have many stories. If you want to hear all my stories, just please sign up for my newsletters. One of my pastor friends who, who is serving in uh, uh, Texas, and uh, so once I, when he called me, he said, Hey, Shibu, uh, I am... Uh, reciting your newsletter stories, conversion stories to my seven-year and five-year-old as bedtime stories. So it is good to hear how people come to faith. Okay. So uh, Mary and myself, uh, we work with the Evangelism Explosion. Uh, uh, we are from India. And uh, I, I, I tell always, I am your local missionary from a foreign land. Seems funny, right? But uh, India had to send uh, people like us because you are sending all your missionaries to other countries. Now, world is coming to our backyard. Different languages. We don't need any anymore to send people to other countries. You, you can speak. I lived in Upper Derby more than 11 years in eight-mile radius of that place, 82 language-speaking people group living together. World is coming back, just like a heaven. So here I stop my ministry update. So thank you so much for standing with us. I, I would ask, I mean, we are always, we have many challenges. Every week we to different places, and we see that, you know, this is... Uh, um, last three years, I mean, especially when the COVID started, I see this is one of the golden time in Christian church. Uh, you know, many people are, they are, they are thirsty to hear the gospel. So, field is ripened, we need more workers, so please come and join or prepare to join. So let me come to the second part. Last week, uh, our HR manager from my mission organization resigned after her eight years of work. The reason she told that she is going as a missionary to her family. It was a strange news to me, but her reasons were genuine. There was a series of uh, tragedies happened in her family. And the last one was her brother took uh, his life two months before. That was a wake-up alarm call for her. The reason she told me most of her family members do not know the Lord. She resigned her job March 1st onwards, she went back to the Midwest of United States, and she's going to serve her own family. So as we come to the sermon text today, Jesus prevents a follower to go with him, 
not because he is unworthy, but he can be more fruitful at his hometown. Please uh, turn with me to Mark chapter 5, verses 19 to 20. This is our memory verse for this year's mission conference. This is the holy, ignorant, and sufficient word of God. And, uh, and he did not permit him, but stand and said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Would you pray with me? Triune Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You have been a different experience to hearing the sermon or the word of God, but today I'm going to do something very different because this is the Mission Sunday. I would like to rewrite the text, what I said, for a better understanding and a better application. And I also would like to give this demon-influenced man in the chapter a name. Earlier in the scripture, it was uh, the demon-influenced man himself. I mean, through the demons, he said his name was Legion. But today, I would like to give him an American name. I'm going to call him Lee. So the text uh, changed to, but the later, after the application part, what we can, you can do, you can change the Lee's name and put your name before you go home. But let us uh, deal with the lead at this point. And I'm going to read the text again. Please follow me. And Jesus did not permit Lee, but said to Lee, Go home to Lee's friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for Lee and how Jesus has done mercy on Lee. And Lee went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for Lee, and everyone marveled. As we read uh, the whole chapter, Mark chapter 5, verses 1 to 20, we, we will get an idea of Lee's background. What was his past? What, what is his present, and what would be his uh, future? So let us uh, come to a little bit recap. Lee was under the bondage of uh, many demons for many years, and Jesus met him on his way to Decapolis. 
Jesus rebuked the demons from him and healed him holistically, mentally, physically. So now Lee is in his right mind and decided to be a MDW missionary rest of his life. Let me ask you, do you believe demons exist? Demonic possession is when we need a little bit of understanding in order to, in order to how much Jesus has done in Lee's life, we need to understand what is a demon. I come from uh, India. We have a mission in northern part of India. And uh, when we go out doing the ministry among the slum, in Hindus and uh, that kind of background people, we always get this demon possession uh, situations. I'm not going there. But demonic possession is when demonic spirit resides in a human body, and at times the demon will show its own personality through the personality of the host body. We all have some demons living inside of us, right? Time to time it comes out and shows our real nature. When you ask our wives, they will tell better. So demonic possession is real. We should not ignore it or overemphasize it. Reformation Bible note says that demons are supernatural beings who are subservient to Satan. So if you take Bible seriously, we must take the demonic world seriously. So let me tell you a true story. This happened in my home country, uh, 2017, April uh, 12th, the capital city of uh, my state, Kedal Jensen Raja, a 30-year-old man who murdered his father, mother, sister, and a relative, that he was because of the demon possession. The entire family was killed slowly in the course of three days and eventually burned into hide evidences. Raja claimed that he is a satanic worshiper. So what I want to endorse that he is still in jail, and this is a true story. So what I want to endorse that, if you believe in the Bible, these are living truths today. One of the lies we always hear from Satan, that he says, I don't exist. I know in a Western culture, we do not take a satanic involvement serious like other developing countries. I'm going to stop there. So let us come back to the text. The account of uh, the demonic is included in three of the four Gospels account. When you look into the early ministries of Jesus Christ, he healed many demon-possessed people. And, uh, and their natures were somewhere mute and somewhere uh, epileptic. 
specific uh, uh, symptoms. And so it was really true. But it's, uh, in some developing countries, we, we see that even still today. But in, in, in our modern medicine and influence, maybe we may call today, maybe these kinds of things are just like a psychological disorder. I'm not going there. So let me come to the first point of my sermon. That is, uh, if you look at the text, the 19a, Jesus is denyingly become a disciple. So what is a mission uh, uh, heading? I just put in this way. Where to serve in mission is not our plan, it is God's plan. So let us come over here. Here, when you see that, I mean, Lee got healed from all his uh, 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 situations. And so here, Lee wanted to become one of uh, Jesus' disciples. That was his heart desire, going with Jesus for a lifelong mission to another place or in another country. For me, he's a, he's a best fit for Jesus' flourishing ministry that time. But Lee is the first convert from Gentiles. Jesus could see him for the Gentile crusade. He was ready to go. A single man, there was no pressure from wife or family members. Jesus could be use him as the best ambassador for his mission. But Jesus stopped him. When I was looking, I could see, you know, one of the reasons maybe as Lee is become, coming from a Gentile settings, Lee could be a stumbling block for Jesus' primary missions to reach out his own community of Jewish group. Maybe second thing is, Jesus is foreseeing the ministry opportunity through Lee. Jesus wants to use him as a bridge for continuing Jesus' vision among Gentiles. So when you look at uh, uh, this chapter, verse 17, we see that the people from that region asked Jesus to leave after Lee's healing. The reasons are not clear, but it could be the financial damage happened to the owner of the pig farm or the supernatural healing Jesus brought to Lee's life created a free fear in that community. But at this point, Jesus couldn't continue his ministry over there. But then, so Jesus wants to lay the foundation for his future ministry through Lee. When you come later, the chapter 7, the, uh, uh, verses 31 to 37, we could see Jesus heals a deaf man in the region of Decapolis. I assume maybe during that time, Lee was working, making a foundation for Jesus' future ministry. Importance of uh, a local ministry. Through appointing Lee, Jesus thought that uh, he, I mean, he could be a best fit for his uh, community. He can preach, uh, he can speak their language, he can understand their language, understand their culture, and, uh, um, and moreover that, he, he is a living testimony for that uh, culture. So here you see that Jesus' vision is passing through Lee. Wherever Jesus could not go, here Lee could go. He could lay the foundation for Jesus' ministry. Let me come to the second point. 
So here you see verse 19b. Jesus is commanding to lead to become a witness. So my mission heading, how to serve in the mission is also coming from God. When you are called to mission, God is the one who is, who is uh, uh, in giving you the outline of your ministry. So here, go home to Lee's friends and tell him how much the Lord has done for and how has had mercy on Lee. Here, Jesus is giving Lee a ministry outline. What is a witness? So you know that the witness is someone that has seen something take place and is there to tell all that they saw, heard, and experienced. So here Jesus is asking Lee, you go back and tell your people, tell your friends, what Jesus, how much Jesus had done to you and how much God had mercy on you. Only two things. Nothing else. You don't need to go to the seminary and, and, uh, and study the Greek and Hebrew. No, you go right away and serve in your community. The, the need is urgent. So likewise, as Christians here, we are called to witnesses for Christ who present in a, uh, in a testimony about the truth that we have experienced and heard. First John chapter 1, 3, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you. So here, Jesus asked you to do two things. What are the two? That's the, that two things. Maybe when you go by, you can also do that. How much the Lord has done for Lee or you? That is witnessing. That is evangelism. Psalms 66 verse 16 Psalmist says, come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for my soul. So when you look at Lee's life, he heard many things to say how much Jesus done. His physical healing. Many years he has been he, he, he living in a graveyard, alone, Separated from the community and the family, with wounds, smelling, long hair, dreadlocks. But here, Jesus healed him. The second thing is, he asked, then you go and then tell how Jesus had mercy only. So here I see that Jesus only Jesus, Jesus is God and man, infinite man, God. Only Jesus can heal this part, the mercy of God. So Jesus shows mercy to the broken man from the image of God. Lee was created in the image of God, but now he is disconnected. That image of God is broken by the demonic influence. So here, only Jesus could restore that to him back into the original creation with the same purpose God created. That's what we see. The second thing. Today his life-changing story owes to the mercy of Jesus. So let me come to the third point. I'm running because, you know, we don't have time. We need to close in time. The third point I just want to give you, Lee is obeying what Jesus had commanded. Verse 20. What is the missional heading over there? When we obedient to our call, then fruits comes. 
So they lost faith and leave, went away and began to proclaim what he did. He obeyed what Jesus has told him to do. So most of the time, we don't see the fruit in our ministry because we are disobeying him or we are not following what we're supposed to follow. Mark chapter 5, 20, New, Testament, uh, New Living Translation says, So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed at what he told him. So as we come to the last point, we see Lee was a very obeying person. He did what Jesus asked him to do. He went to the ten cities of uh, mo- mostly Greek predominant areas. Ten cities. Decapolis means, deca means uh, ten, and polis means cities. Ten cities. So when you go out, maybe we, you can choose the ten boroughs or townships of uh, Littis Pike or Oregon Pike to proclaim the gospel because you received that healing. What an amazing testimony. He was a local and he was very much known to the community and he could influence the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the city very well. I was just uh, thinking of his, uh, you know, when he went back to his own family members, when he met his uh, uh, uncle, uh, uncle, uh, uncle Bruce and Auntie Alice and just uh, told him, hey, uncle, you know my condition, my past condition. I didn't have a connection with the family. I was uh, healed by a person named Jesus and I was not in a right mind. Now you can see me with the right mind. Now you can see the healed wounds in my, my hands and see this all thing happened through Jesus. When you look, in, look back the story, he was a terrified person. No one wanted to reach him. He, when the demon, uh, demon influence uh, happens in his body, he was super power, just like a superman. So he was uh, secluded, separated from, marginalized from his community and people. That was his situation. How many are in our, situa- in our society today? When you go to uh, the city centers, uh, we see many harmless people. Sometimes we hear heart-breaking stories from them. I'm not going there. So that's why, I mean, his testimony was so influential in his family and his friends. And then he went the ten cities around him. The priority and the need of the local mission. Dear friends, I just want to ask you, how much you received from him? How much Jesus had done to you, just uh, instead of Lee's name, put your name over there. What is the mercy you have? If uh, I, I was just thinking, I became a committed Christian through an underground church, one Hindu converter uh, Christian who asked one question, 1994, December 16, that changed all my life. If he did not ask that question, I would not have been here. 
That's why I go every week to the streets and the college campuses, and I tell people, I ask the question to him. Maybe when I ask the question first time, he hears that, maybe that point always, he is thinking about his eternal destiny. If he did not hear that question. So, just think about your story. If someone did not tell you this great news, if someone did not tell you about the forgiveness you received from uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, how much the penalty of sin, the seriousness of sin, the, 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 the penalty, what you're supposed to pay, he paid in full, not 99% 9, but he paid in full. Tetelesai, the last word on the cross. So as we conclude over here, maybe as we come to the application, why do you want to witness? As we, as we conclude a wonderful mission conference, maybe let, let us look at Jesus. The reason number one, our Lord Jesus, he was a great example of witnessing. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, we read that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. The second reason, our Lord has commanded us to do it. Lord has given us the responsibility to do it. The third reason, we need to bear fruit. Are you bearing fruit? Jesus said in John chapter 15 verse 5, we see that Jesus as the wine and we are the branches shows an inseparable relationship. Who abide in him bears more fruit. In 15, 16, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose and, you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. The goal is, the goal of a branch is to uh, bear more fruit. Are you bearing fruit? The fourth reason, Romans chapter 1, 14, it says, unbelievers need to hear the gospel. Paul said, I am under obligation to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, to preach the gospel. What would have been our situation if someone did not share the gospel to us? As we come to one more application, how do you want to share it? Myself and not the leaf from the text, my dear brother and friend Lee Brooke, we both had an opportunity to visit the local mosque two weeks ago. And as we were observing the worship service, the Imam, he was giving a prayer call to the congregants. And he was telling them as they all were standing and they're doing the prayer. And he was telling them, you please pray just like that. This is your last time before your death you are praying. I would like to take something unapplicable. Each time when you go out 
and share this truth to someone else. Just think that this is your last breath. Just imagine it's, one doctor is saying you, you are going to stay, you are going to, uh, you know, uh, stay in this earth only for three minutes. What would be, what would be your final words you wanted to say to somebody else? When we preach, let us preach just like that. This is my last time I am preaching from this pulpit. When we pray just like pray that this is my last time before I see my Jesus in this earth to pray. When we, when we do the witnessing, let us do it with the last time of witnessing in this earth. But till that day comes, let us do it with a passion. Maybe as we conclude, maybe I just want to ask you two things. As a church, as a Westminster Presbyterian church, can we adopt ten boros just like Lee went or, or Jesus sent Lee to ten cities? Let us adopt ten boros or ten town, townships around this community to reach out from today to the next mission conference. As a church, as a corporate body, if you need help, I will come with you. I can come with the leaders. But I will not come all day, but I just want to equip you and I want to see that wherever I start, they, they are still continuing that ministry. But please don't say that hey, evangelism is outdated, that doesn't work. But just tell me what is working. I will come and work with you. As a person, when we go out, when we change our name instead of Lee, why don't we pray for 10 people from today to next mission conference? Let us reach out 10 people. Or 10 neighbors. Or 10 workers in our workplace. Would you? How much Jesus has done for you. Let us pray. Father, help us to live your gospel every day, in every way, with our heart. Jesus, help us to give ourselves away to others. And be kind to everyone we meet. Holy Spirit, help us to love the lost, proclaiming the Christ in all we do and say, Amen. The Westminster Pulpit is courtesy of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You are welcome to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 8 or 11 a.m. To learn more or have questions about the gift of salvation through Christ Jesus our Savior, contact us at westpca.com. Thank you, and may Christ be glorified through this ministry, the Westminster Pulpit.